We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, June 2nd. It's Fighting Friday. We're going over the MMA slate, UFC, UFC Vegas, whatever number it is, whatever number it is. I don't know. I don't know. They're in the apex. Uh for, for another for another card. They got another card. Fighters dropping out. Replacements coming in. It is it is the, uh, I think, the, the most game theory-oriented card, if you want to call it game theory ownership slash lineup construction. You know, we, we talk about game theory here on the pregame show. Very game theory-esque card for tomorrow. The slate has been turned on its head two times. So, uh the, the amount of lineups that you can make, depending on how you build, are either going to be really small or really large. And many have uh, have nut probabilities, optimal probabilities, because of, of what has happened. Well, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, obviously, give me those thummy thumbs here in the morning. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Hit everything you want. Hit, hit me in the head, right? Ground and pound me, right? You could get that. That podcast, right? Liam and Mike break down every one of the fights. That That's already up. So if you're a premium member, by clicking on the link in the description, getting $10 off your first month, you get a, get a combo premium. You get everything. You get all the sports. You get everything for everything. You get all our projections, all of our articles, all of the, the dashboards and anything that you want here at Roto Grinder. So go do that. I normally would show my like like odd sheet or whatever, but we're still waiting. I think they just added Jesse Butler at sixty six hundred, who is Jim Miller's new opponent. I think they just added him, and obviously we have to add we have to update it for all the ownership 
is is off right now. I mean, Jim Miller is not going to be like what four percent owned. He ain't going to be that. So, so there's no point even filling out any of the ownership stuff. Uh, I have the odds uh, in here from uh, from FightOdds.io uh, that I put in yesterday. So that that I mean, not not much will be different. Uh, but you see, you see here. Well, I mean, Jim Miller's uh, info is is not in, but Jim Miller. I believe is now a, a minus two thirty five favorite, minus two thirty five, because he's facing with Jesse Butler instead of uh, a Jared Gordon, right? Right, Gordon. Gordon dropped out. They got a last minute replacement. Uh, Kudaladze dropped out, so Malarkey got a last minute replacement. And then you see here, two two of the bigger underdogs are now the biggest favorites on the slate. On the entire slate, like Jim Miller, minus two thirty-five, on this slate should be priced ninety-four hundred, and he's seventy-four, seventy-one hundred. Malarkey, minus five fifty, the biggest favorite on the slate, should be priced at ninety-five, ninety-six hundred. He's sixty-seven hundred. Okay, so we have we have two, two favorites, one a pretty big one with a minus one thirty-five inside the distance line. At sixty seven hundred, his opponent in Muhammad Naimov, who who has no UFC experience, I mean he's he's only like sixty five hundred. So it's like we we have two fights, we have two fights where the winner is going to be a sixty seven or sixty five hundred dollar fighter, or one which is going to be a seventy one or a sixty six hundred dollar fighter, and they're going to be mega owned. Mega Malark will be more owned than Miller, but they'll both be mega owned. So what do you do? Do you just, well, you plug them in? Oh, I'm going to play both of them. Like, dude, if you played both of them, like, this is this is what happens if you play both. If you played both of them, because you're basically playing Malarkey and Miller. Average remaining player salary is 9050 The main event is an $8,200, $8,000 fight. Okay? Obviously, Albazi has much more uh, wrestling upside than Cara France, who's just a striker. So let's say you play Albazi. You're playing, you're playing one side of the main event, five round fight. You have remaining player sellers, 9,400. There's not even a $9,400 fighter. Even if you play Silva, Santos, whoops, put these, these people back. If you, even if you played Silva, Santos, and Elliott, you're, you're leaving 700 on the table. That's it. You live in Zealand. That that's playing Albazi Miller Malarkey. You like you 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 can't even use all of your salary. You can't. You physically can't. Like maybe you keep the seven hundred for another slate. No, they don't let you do that. But I mean, like you can't even you can't even build for that. So if you're if you're you own in Roto Grinders lineup HQ and you go, oh, I'm going to build lineups and I only want to I don't want to spend any any less than forty nine seven, dude. You ain't going to get any lineups. I mean, not going to get any lineups with both Miller and San and 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 Albazi and Malarkey in it. Should you? I mean, is that going to be? Are you going to run into more duplication that way? Probably. I'm expecting. I mean, we have we have here Malarkey at 77 percent owned. I'm ex- I'm expecting Malarkey to be 65 70 percent owned. Jim Miller, 50 percent owned. Right, which means like a lot of these underdogs are going to be very low owned, very low owned. 
Not like one of these slates where we're okay, a low on underdog is 14% owned. No, we're gonna get like two percent owned underdogs. Right? It also means that Silva and Santos are gonna be mega more owned. Maybe a little bit more for Elliot, I guess. Caceres, like all the all the 93, 92 underdog friends, because people are just like, well, what are you gonna do? In those types of lineups, obviously. Obviously, if you don't play a lineup with Miller or Munoz or Miller or Malarkey in it, you're much more likely to be unique now or less duplicated, right? So the thing is, is that at, at these prices, see, it's not, it's not like one of, one of these things where, where it's a matter of, oh, the guy wins, but doesn't make the optimal lineup. Milwaukee's 6,700. Nine off at 6,500. Typically, when a $6,500 fighter wins, right, the biggest underdog in the slate, typically they make the optimal lineup. Unless there's a lot of underdogs that went on the slate. Because you're able to just jam in everything you want because of it. So let's say Malarkey, because people go, okay, instead of playing Malarkey, you're going to play Nine off, which is from a leverage perspective, obviously you could do so. Or you could choose to not play Malarkey and just hope he doesn't score enough points. Well, what's what is not enough points at fifty seven hundred? Malarkey gets a second round win and scores eighty five points at sixty seven hundred. Yeah, he could fail to make the optimal lineup. I guess if you know you get two or three underdogs that win, two of them put up a hundred, right? Pineda or Altamirano or Black Shear. I mean, it's not, or Lynn's get a first, Lynn's gets a first round KO or something in this range. Something happens like that. Johnny Munoz, who knows? Munoz, who knows? So you really have to be heavily, you have to, you have to take salary heavily in consideration this slide on the styles of lineups that you make. Okay, because we talk we talk about this all the time on, on the show on Fridays for these UFC cards. The two main contextual variables of the slate. One, how many fights are there on the slate? And two, what are the spreads of the fights? So how many fights have we got on the slate? 13. Okay, it's not small, not huge. I'm prioritizing more towards getting me 100 plus points. Versus just plainly winning. We have a little, 13 fights is enough options. And then the spreads of the fights, if we take a look here, I mean, a lot of them, these are, these are, a lot of these are close fights. I mean, before, before all this nonsense with Malarkey and Miller, I mean, Karini Silva is, is only minus 220. Daniel Santos is only minus 220, 69% win probability. I mean, that's not like head. That's not a heavy favorite. Two to one favorite. Elliot's minus 175. Kinsaris is minus 180. And all these fights in the middle that are 55 45s. When the spreads of the fights are, are narrower, that means it's more and more and more likely that the that the nut lineup, the optimal lineup, the best possible lineup, leaves more and more salary on the table. Because we see these cards where there's three minus 600 favorites and a whole bunch of minus 300s. And it's like, 
You're not going to see many underdogs win, right? You're more likely to have the, the optimal lineups more likely to be a 50K lineup, a 49-8 lineup, a 49-6 lineup. Well, it's just, 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 just that many underdogs are going to win. Here, we, we have two underdog-priced fighters that are the most likely to win on the slate. Which means there are lineups that leave like 4,000 on the table that are absolutely playable. They're as playable as lineups that don't leave that much money on the table. Because let's say you let's say you go through. I mean, let's say you do play a malarkey, a malarkey Miller Albazi lineup. Right? Okay, you're gonna you're gonna run into, you know, it's gonna be high, high owned. Right? Now, obviously, if you play Silva Santos Elliott in your last spots, I mean, you, you're going to be duped, even at 49-3, right? Isn't that a 49-3 lineup? Yeah, you're going to you're probably going to be duped at 49-3. But now, let's say instead of doing that, you, you maybe you maybe you still play Kareem Silva, but maybe you play Zaleski to Santos, and you play uh, Damon Blackshear. You're leaving 3100 on the table, and this is a perfectly viable lineup. Right, this is not like out of control. It's because it, Malarkey shouldn't be 6700. He should be 9500. Miller shouldn't be 7100. He should be 9300. So this lineup has as much chance to win as a lot of other lineups, proportionally. Right, if not all, if not all the favorites win, and they don't put up enough points. Maxim Grisham goes the distance. I don't think he probably doesn't put up more than 55 points and a win. Is Elise Reed going to break the slate? Who knows? Dontel Mays versus Arlovsky. That goes, that last past the first round, which it probably will. That probably doesn't score very well. So you see here, like you, the amount of combinations you can make, even of Malarkey, Miller, and a main event fighter or not main event fighter. Like you're going to be leaving a lot of money on the table. You, you're going to. So the lineups that you build, this is primarily for large fetal GPPs. The lineups that you build with that salary dynamic need to have these fighters in them. Okay. The ones that do not have them in them those are the ones that spend more of their salary. So you get the point, right? You don't want to. You don't want to be stuck. Like, oh, I'm going to leave three thousand on the table, right? And let's say you're playing, you're playing Muhammad Naimov and Ketlin Souza. You're doing like the same, the same thing, but you're just changing out Miller and let's let's go through it. Al- Albazi up there, Silva Santos Elliott, forty-eight nine lineup. This 48-9 lineup is considerably worse than if we remove Nime off and we put in Malarkey. Right? Because now, yes, you're playing two sub-7K underdogs, but not Malarkey. Underdog-priced fighters. But not Malarkey. Miller or Malarkey isn't one of them. So the win probability of this lineup is way lower than one that I could just go Nime off Put in Malarkey, and there you go. Still leaves nine hundred on the table. So if you're gonna be play, if you're gonna be playing lineups 
that are, you know, leaving two, three, four thousand on the table. That's because you're playing Malarkey or Miller or both. That's because of that. I'd be much more likely to play just one of them. Try to not play them together with a main event fighter. Try to not play them together with both Silva and Santos. And that's even with leaving 1,500, 2,000 on the table. The lineups that you'd be building that uses more of the salary is a lineup. Let's say you play Silva and Santos, but you don't play a main event fighter. You don't, and you, and you don't play one of Miller or Malarkey. Right. Let's say you play, so you play, you build that what would normally be a normal, like a pseudo normal lineup, a multiple, right. You play this, you go, okay, I'm going to play black cheer. I don't know why I just keep on picking on black cheer. Zaleski Del Santos and 8,600 gets me who? Elise Reed. Like this type of lineup. Silva Santos Miller, Black Cheer, Zaleski Del Santos, Elise Reed. 50K lineup. This is much less likely to be duped at 50K. Even if you take out Miller and you pull it and put in Malarkey, right? So 400 to spend. I mean, you could take out even Elise Reed. I mean, you could play Elliott. I mean, this lineup, this lineup will be duped. But these are the style of lineups. So don't don't go and play like a, some forty six five lineup that doesn't have Malarkey or Miller in it. The reason why those lineups become more viable is because Malarkey is minus five fifty with a minus one thirty five inside the distance, and he's sixty seven hundred. And Jim Miller's minus 235. I don't know. Probably he's going to end up being like, what, one plus 110 inside the distance or something at those prices. that That's the reason why those lower salary lineups have that win probability. So if you're going to go into to lineup HQ, here at Roto-Grinders, I would suggest making two builds for those dynamics instead of trying to do it all at once. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to build, you know, I'm going to build the uh, lineups between 46,000 and 48,000. And then you try to build a hundred of them. You may end up with lineups where it's like, oh, it fills your exposures. It fills all the other stuff that you fill in. Then then it's, oh, oh, I have 15% of this guy. But you don't realize the lineups that he's in is not is not good. You have A lot of your Milwaukee lineups have Miller. And they and they leave money on the and they 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 don't leave enough money on the table. And then your non-malarkey, non-Miller lineups, those lineups leave thirty-five hundred on the table. You don't want to get stuck in that situation. If you got any questions in the YouTube chat? Feel free to chime in. There's not much more I can go over, like today, without like new ownership numbers and everything, because. Jesse Butler just, I, I think he just got added to the DraftKings slate. I, think he, I mean, I, I don't even have him on my sheet yet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But what is the, the knock-on effect of all of this? Outside of Malarkey and Miller, boy, these underdogs are going to be low-owned. I mean, you're going to get single-digit ownership on a lot of underdogs because Malarkey and Miller will suck up so much of that. I mean, Nymov could easily be 1% owned. Jesse Butler, 1%. I mean, but some of these other guys, like Johnny Munoz. Okay. What is it going to be, 5% owned? Altamirano was looking like maybe he was going to end up being a little... Semi-chalky as an underdog, 22%, 24% type of underdog. Well, now he's only going to be like, what, 10%? Something like that. Orlovsky's going to add 7,700. It'll be, what, 4%? I mean, like, you should be able to build lineups that are less duplicated for large field GPPs tomorrow. You should be able to. But you have to get away from the those those common constructions. But while also realizing that there are lineups that have like, oh, people are going to be like, okay, right? You see here, I'm going to make a group. I'm going to group out Miller, Malarkey, and Albaz. Silva and Santos. I'm going to max three. There's still lineups that are under fives that still have those, those fighters in it. Because, I mean, we're going to have some Single-digit owned-ish guys. Yu, you play Jin Yu Frey, you're done. You're good. That's it. That's all you had to do. You're going to be able to dramatically reduce the amount of lineups that you're that you're sharing points with simply by just playing another underdog that's not Malarkey or Miller. I mean, just simply put, that's not a main event fighter, Albazi, right? Who's a slight underdog, I guess, right? At 8,000. But that's the key. See, these are the types of slates where I I beg the chalk doesn't hit. Right? This is the type of slate where if everything goes according to highest probability, there's going to be a lineup that was first place and is split 537 ways. And I'm also sure that, that people, without understanding this dynamic are going to start trying to build lineups in their in their optimizer, such as lineup HQ, and just not leave enough salary on the table. Right? They're going to end up with like a million percent of like these 9K guys. On purpose? I don't know. But I mean, they're not going to realize it. 
They're going to put in their exposures and wonder why you're getting 68% Santos and 84% Silva. And they can't get rid of it. So I think a lot, a lot, a lot of these, I think, I mean, Silva and Santos could easily come in at 50% owned also. Just for the sake that they're, okay, they're minus 220 favorites. I mean, the difference between them, I mean, the ITD lines are a little bit, a little bit, I mean, a little bit different. Like like Luan Lacerda, plus 175 inside the distance. Minus 148 favorite. Is that that dramatic of a difference from Silver Santos? Not really. Caceres, plus 180 inside the distance. I mean, minus 180 win probability. I mean, like, they're not they're not dramatically different. Yes, yeah, Silva and Santos are, are better. Quote, unquote, are better. But the difference between the $9,300 or $9,200 fighter and the $8,900 or $8,700 fighter is not that dramatic. As we've seen compared to other slates. So build that lineup and then take one of Silver Santos and put in Luan Lucerna. And there you go. You're done. And you may leave $1,400 on the table. So when you when you're going into when you're going to lineup HQ, I mean you go into build rules. Like make sure you're not you're not setting this for like 49. Oh, 49 5. Dude, I don't know. I, what, you're not gonna get much malarkey or Miller or anything. It's gonna have to not play those guys in order for you to not to spend all your money. And I think the lineups that just have like one of them that don't have like a single digit owned underdog in it, I think those lineups will be duped a ton also. But I'm waiting waiting for ownership numbers to come out today on the site. Moneyball. Moneyball. He's taking care of that. So that should be updated when, when I mean, we have it in lineup HQ, Jesse Butler. So I'm assuming that means that DK has it updated as well. And we have a projection for him. Okay, so so we'll be we'll be updating this today. You could obviously, if you're a premium member, which I don't know why you're not, get the Ground and Pound podcast, the expert survey, Liam's breakdowns of the fights. You can check that out right now, or the stuff that, as it comes out today. And then me and Mike will be will be on tomorrow. We we do we do MMA crunch time now, thirty or forty five minutes before. Before lock, which is uh, which is six p.m. tomorrow, so we'll be on five fifteen or so, five thirty. Now, uh, then we'll have a little bit more of a of a sense of like of ownership on on the on the other fighters, like like Silva, Santos, Albazi, Malarkey, Miller. They're, they're going to be they're going to be high up. A little bit more sense on the in the on the other on the other guys in the mid range, especially. So I hope you're subscribed to the channel. It'll be on this channel, right? Just have to subscribe, hit the notification bell. You'll get that. Just remember, 6 p.m. Eastern card. As of now, who knows? Someone someone cancels. Right? We have too much of that. Way too much of that. But it's gonna it's gonna be a, a weird slate. Weird slate. You're gonna be building weird lineups. You're gonna be building lineups that leave 3,800 on the table and go, okay, that's fine. On any other slate, those lineups wouldn't wouldn't be very good. It's like, oh, I'm going to play four or five underdogs, including like two big, un, big under, you know, like, like no, that's that's not the slate. It just happens to be priced that way. A&S Comedy asks, are there any types of fighters that have a more narrow range of outcomes 
than other fighters. I'm not sure. This is like a first look. It's just the type of slate. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the slate in general. I have the fights, just from the name value. I mean, that's why you take take. That's why you need to be a premium member and get the breakdown of the fights. I mean, like Grishin Leans is going to be like it's a, it's a heavyweight, slow striking fight. Grishin typically doesn't get knockouts, but it's heavyweight. Who knows? Anus comedy, as I talk about heuristically, uh, that heuristically what? Now a range of outcome fighters are ones that typically go the distance and don't have much wrestling upside. That would be a narrow range of outcomes. Kai Kara France is a narrow range of outcome fighter. If you if you want if that if that's what we're talking about, right? Someone that doesn't have a high ITD. I mean, I'm talking about a style of fighter. I'm not necessarily even saying in this specific fight. But typically, pure strikers that don't have much finish as as high finishing equity are the narrowest range outcome fighters. They're typically the fighters that are, are most of the time avoided in GPPs. Unless they get a knockout, which they may be have a 12% chance or something. They go three rounds. They score with the win. Even a good striking volume, they get 80, 80 points. If they lose and, and bad striking volume, 30, 30 to 80. But in losses, they'll get 45s. In some wins, they'll get 58s. I mean, just much more narrow range of outcomes. The shorter the length of the fight, right, the wider the range of outcomes could be, right? Because you get you know, 90 points bonus for winning in the first round. <coughs> so fights that have high ITD lines <coughs> are higher range of outcomes, wider range of outcomes. They could score five. They could score 105. The only thing that makes up for that, for the guys that like go to decision a lot, is is grappling upside on DraftKings because it scores much better than just pure striking. A grappler could get takedown, ground control, and strikes on the ground. So we see guys like Marab or something like that. They could be three rounds, they could put up 140 points and have no finish whatsoever. Pure strikers, you, you rarely, rarely see that. Once in a while, you get like a Max Holloway type of someone puts up, you know, 240 strikes or something in three rounds. Doesn't happen often, but I mean, I guess it, I guess it can. I think Alex Morono did it. Three-round fight, he put up like 187, whatever, with the, he ended up scoring like, like 110 with no takedowns or control time. Even though they don't finish, they have two paths to 100 plus points. So if that's what you're talking about, as far as the types of fighters that have more narrow range of outcomes than other fighters. You could always ask me whatever you want, right? In the Roto-Grinders Discord. If you're a premium member, so just get me, get a, become a premium member. Why not? Hang out with me. I'm in the Blenders Game Theory channel in our Roto-Grinders Discord. We have an MMA channel as well. 
So sign up for that. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And uh, and I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow for MMA Crunch Time with Mike. And then back again on Monday, right? James, James will be back for Mondays with McCool. I haven't talked to him in a while because I was out on vacation. And then we just continue with the slog. And it was MLB DFS. And me answering your questions, right? Send them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. And I'll be back like I normally am Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.